Welcome back to the program. Dozens and dozens of years ago, I was having dinner with a friend and a friend of hers who was a member of the Joffrey Ballet. I asked this young woman how it was that she became a professional ballerina. Her answer still sticks with me. She said that she started at six taking ballet classes like every other young girl. The difference is she never stopped. What struck me is the idea that we see in so many endeavors that at six or seven we embody the passions that will guide us the rest of our lives. My guest, Jennifer Ringer, knew at the age of 10 that her destiny was the ballet. At 12, she entered the Washington School of Ballet in D.C. At 14, she entered the School of American Ballet in New York and became a member of the New York City Ballet at 16. Today, after a long and complex career, she rose to become the principal dancer of the New York City Ballet and has recently retired. Jennifer Ringer has also written a memoir of her experiences entitled Dancing Through It, My Journey in the Ballet, and it is my pleasure to welcome Jennifer Ringer to the program today. Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Great to have you here. At what point do you have a memory of knowing this was what you were going to be doing, that ballet and dance was your destiny? Well... You know, um, like many girls, I was taking it really just as an after-school activity. It was my hobby. Um, I loved to dance, but I, I wasn't considering doing anything else with it. Um, but when I was 14, I had the opportunity to perform a ballet called Serenade, um, which is by George Balanchine. And uh, I performed it with the Washington Ballet Company, which was a professional company. They needed some extra girls to fill in their corps de ballet. And we got to dance it at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., and um, it was that experience, dancing that particular ballet, which is a masterpiece, um, in that beautiful theater with a professional company, that um, it was like a light went on um, in me, and um, I knew that this is what I wanted to do for a living. When did you start to realize that it wasn't all that it might seem to a young girl, that there was a lot of pain associated with it, a lot of issues concerning your own body image, as you talk about in the book? When did all of this start to coalesce as something that was more than just the youthful fantasy? Well, I became a professional dancer when I was 16. Um, So I was very young when I entered the professional world. Um, And, you know, it was a dream come true, very much so. Um, But pretty early on, I started to realize that it was also a lot harder physically than I expected. Um, We spent, you know... 10 to 12 hours a day on our feet dancing. Um, I would I would arrive at a theater for our 10.30 ballet class to warm up my body um, every day, and then we would rehearse until 6 o'clock at night with just uh, a lunch break. Um, and then at 8 o'clock at night, we would have the performance, um, and I wouldn't get home sometimes till 11 or 11.30. So um, it was a grueling physical schedule, and... Um, you know, kind of right away, right when I got in, I started to realize this is, you know, this is more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Talk about the physical aspect of it, because in your writing about it, in dancing through it, one of the things that becomes abundantly clear is it is like being an athlete in a very difficult sport. Yes, it's true. Um, It takes a great deal of training. You know, ballet, it's, you know, it's not a natural thing. Um, We have to train our muscles to um, do everything differently, even just from our basic position. You know, our toes are pointed out to the sides rather than straight forward. Um, so everything we do is unusual. Um, so it is um, like being an athlete in an, in an elite sport. 
Um, I thought about it a lot with the Olympics going on. Um, the, the, one of the main differences, though, is that we have to smile while we're doing all these things. <laughs> we can't let people know that we're working hard, um, but it's, it's just as hard as what, what those athletes are doing. Talk about that, the creative part of it, the interpretive part of it, the whole big picture in terms of whatever the performance is that you're doing within the context of those athletics. Yes, the you know, um, we work so hard on um, making our technique excellent um, and really kind of nailing down the physical technique of how to do the steps properly so that we can do multiple turns or hold a balance for a long time. Um, but what really makes a dancer is that something else. It's that artistry. Um, it's a response to the music. Um, it's uh, the soul and the emotion that you put into the dance that hopefully lifts the audience up to a different place and, and makes them feel like they're in another world. Um, that's, that's really what um, dancing is about. Tell us a little bit about that, the creative growth that goes along with us, with it. Obviously there's the physical demands that you've been talking about, but talk about it from a creative perspective and how the maturity and the growth impacts that. Well, um, yes, you know, dancing a role for the first time as a young dancer, um, I found that I was often worried very much about executing the steps perfectly. Um, and I, I bet you that my performances um, were more flat because of that, because I was so worried about the steps and doing everything technically perfectly. Um, as I got older, though, um, I would become more comfortable um, with the, the particular ballets that I was doing, and I was able to um, kind of play with it more and to think, you know, oh, if I hold this position a little bit longer, um, I can speed through the next section and add a little bit more texture to the ballet or maybe find a new meaning in a particular moment. Um, so it was, it was with maturity, um, I think, that my artistry developed as I grew more comfortable with the different ballets. And the irony is that as the artistry develops with maturity, that it also takes its toll on your body, and that becomes a detriment later on. It's true. You know, it's interesting, um, because I, I just retired. Um, I'm 40 now, um, and I just two weeks ago had my last performance. Um, and, you know, it was extremely joyful. I had uh, just a wonderful performance, and I feel so grateful to have done this for a living. But... um you know, it is interesting, you know, as I've been dancing this last year, I thought, oh, if only I had known all the things that I knew now, um, I feel like I could have been, been a better artist earlier. Um, but yes, you know, my body just can't um, handle the demands um, of being a ballerina. It really is a young, it's a young woman's profession. Talk a little bit about the body image issues and some of the battles that you've had to fight, not only with yourself, but with critics as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I pretty early on started having um, body image problems where I really um, had a very um, poor image of myself and what I looked like. I didn't feel like I met up to the standards of the perfect ballet body. Um, and I started really battling um, self-esteem problems and um, really kind of hating my body. And it all translated um, into eating disorders. Um, I was anorexic for a while where I really didn't eat um, anything much. Um, and then that translated into compulsively overeating and then kind of overexercising to compensate for that. Um, and it led to me um, actually being let go from the company. Um, and uh, 
I, I went through that whole thing. I went through a whole year of, of not dancing, and um, I, there were lots of things uh, that, I, that I had to learn during that year, but um, I was able to recover from all of these um, problems. But the interesting thing is, is that um, after returning to the ballet and even being promoted to principal dancer, um, I was 10 years later um, criticized in the press for um, looking heavy. And uh, even when I was at a weight that um, I had performed that many times before. Um, and what was interesting about that was, um, A, I think that I, it, for me, it did not damage me personally. The review, I was able to realize that it was just one person's opinion and it, di it didn't affect my own sense of self-worth, um, which was a huge deal for me. Um, but B, I think it also um, opened up a really healthy discussion in the ballet world about weight um, and about um, eating disorders and, and image and that kind of thing. We should also mention that along the way you also had two children. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a six-year-old daughter now and a two-year-old son. And how did you balance that with the dancing? That, you know, um, I, my husband and I really wanted to have children, and uh, both both pregnancies, I, I thought, you know, well, you know, if I'm going to be a mom, if I'm going to make this commitment, I need to be able to make it completely. And so both times I got pregnant, I didn't know if I would return to dancing, um, but I knew I was going to try. Um, and thankfully, I was able to make it back and, and dance um, after both pregnancies. Um, but it, it was a struggle, you know, to try to be um, a good mom while also trying to be a good ballerina. What do you see is either the same or different for young people, for young women and young men coming up today in ballet? You know, I think that the technical demands are harder. Um, the, the newer dancers coming in today, they really can do everything. Um, the, the, the kind of pyrotechnical things they can do are really amazing. Um, what I think maybe is a, is a different challenge for them is that there's so much emphasis on kind of technique and kind of bravura dancing that I think some of the subtlety in the art artistry is getting a little bit lost. And so my hope is that um, the young dancers will continue to develop themselves as artists even while they work on perfecting the technical kind of wow steps. And are there enough young people coming into it today? There, you know, there is, you know, so many um, kids want to be dancers for a living. There is such passion out there to be, to be a dancer, to be a professional dancer. Um, it's still extremely competitive in that aspect. Um, what's, what's been difficult is that um, the audience has not been as interested in ballet. And I think that ballet companies are trying to find ways to capture the attention of the young people today that would be audience members just to appreciate dance. Um, to just go and enjoy it and to, to come to the performances because it's really such an amazing thing, um, but there's a lot of competition out there, you know, for people's time. How do you think that dance can do that, that ballet can do that, make itself more appealing to young people, to millennials, to future generations? You know, I think ballet has this reputation of being kind of elite and set apart and mysterious and um, untouchable. Um, and I think that the ballet world, to some extent, has kind of kept itself apart. Um, so I think the best thing to do is, um, I think the ballet world really needs to open itself up and say, come into our world, learn about us, you know, meet our dancers, um, you know, have a relationship with us. Um, and I think that companies are trying to do that um, to make it more accessible. Because I think for a long time, ballet has just been this separate thing that people feel like they don't know enough about, so they're not going to try. 
Um, so my hope is that there's going to be more education and more outreach and, and just more kind of opening up the, the ballet world to, to everybody. Have you seen companies anywhere in New York or anywhere else in the country that have been successful in, in reaching out this way and doing this? You know, um, there's a new company out in Los Angeles called the Los Angeles uh, Dance Project. And it's really trying to have a greater innovation in the dance world and really trying to make the, the dance part of people's ordinary lives. And they're doing some really exciting things. Um, so they, they would definitely be worth looking up and, and getting to know. Talk a little bit about the toll, the physical toll that this has taken on you from all of these years, a sense of, of what each day was like with the pain and, and how it has taken its toll on your body after all these years. Well, you know, there, um, I've actually been, I have had injuries. Um, so there were certainly a number of in- injuries that I, that I had, um, particularly kind of from the knee down, <laughs> as you would probably expect. Um, but I haven't, I haven't had horrible, um, long-lasting ones. And um, so I actually am very grateful to say that I, you know, I, I'm not going to be limping through my life. <laughs> Um, but it is hard, and, you know, there was a lot of maintenance, especially at the end that I had to do. You know, it was constantly I was having to ice my body at night, um, you know, do massages, and, you know, there was a lot of body maintenance that I had to do in order to maintain um, uh, the right performance level. Now, you're married to a fellow dancer in the New York City Ballet. Talk a little bit about what that experience was like. Well, my yes, my, my husband was also a dancer, and... Uh, but we knew each other for 11 years. We, we went to the ballet school together. We worked together professionally um, in the company. Um, so we actually didn't date um, until I was let go from the company and I was out and away from the company. Um, for some reason, that's when we started dating. Um, and uh, it was great to, to be married to another dancer. You know, we, we got to go on tour together. Um, you know, we had the same schedule. He understood. Um, my my stresses and my anxieties and and I understood his um so it was it was really a special thing I we're so grateful that we got to have that experience of dancing together and he was one of my favorite partners what did you learn during that year that you were away you know I learned that uh my identity wasn't completely made up of being a dancer I think I had allowed myself to be completely consumed by the ballet world and uh I based my entire worth on being a dancer and how I performed as a dancer and, um, you know, how successful I was. And uh, what I learned was just that um, my identity needs to be separate from being a dancer. I needed to be something else and have an inner um, core of self-worth and identity that would not be um, touched or affected by somebody else's opinion or by how a performance went. Um, so that was the biggest lesson I learned. And do you think it's going to be difficult now that you've retired being away from it on a day-to-day basis? No, you know, I feel really, I feel really joyful about um, moving on to the next phase of my life. And, um, you know, I feel so grateful to have done it. And it's, you know, it's, it's over. And so there is, I guess, a grief about that. But um, I feel very joyful about it. And um, it was the right time for me to stop. So I'm I'm ready to move on and, and go forward into something new. And would you want your children to do it? You know, I hope my children want to dance. Um, but I, I certainly won't, you know, force them to do it professionally. I would love for them to have the experience of just learning the skill of dancing. 
Um, but I'm probably like every other parent. I, I really just want them to be happy. And so I'm going to encourage them to follow their interests wherever that goes. And I read somewhere that you were doing something with a school in Los Angeles. Yes, uh, we are moving out west. Um, <laughs> we're very excited about it. And uh, there's a music conservatory called the Colburn School in Los Angeles. And they have asked um, my husband and I to start up a pre-professional training program within their conservatory. Um, and it's going to be for teenagers 14 to 19. Um, we're going to be doing... Um, you know, extensive ballet training, but um, our goal is really to train them as complete artists. So we're going to include, um, you know, street dancing, hip hop. We're going to do um, the visual arts. We're going to teach them music. Um, we're going to have group piano. So we, we're really excited about making a, a more complete program. And finally, what was it that inspired you to write about this experience and dancing through it? My goal was really to help um, other people that might struggle with problems of self-esteem, um, identity, um, and who might struggle with eating disorders. Um, just because it was such a major issue for me, it almost destroyed me. Um, and I was thankfully able to recover from it with so much help. Um, but all those issues are issues that are very, um, they're attached to a great deal of shame for the people that suffer them. Um, and what helped me the most, I think, was um, talking to other people who had the same problems as me. So my hope is that um, in sharing my own story, I might help um, other people who similar with who struggle with similar things, whether they're dancers or not. Jennifer Ringer, her book is Dancing Through It, My Journey in the Ballet. Jennifer, I thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. We'll take a break. I'll be right back. 